Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. Oh, my God. Here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. We are never, ever allowed a serfs, a third tier, the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. We are never, ever allowed to exercise a constitution or, or God-given right for even half a second before the socialist slash communist elites come down upon us and take it away. The show was going to be a completely different direction today, which kind of doesn't match the video teaser I did with the umbrella, which you're all going to enjoy. But what happened was... 15 minutes before we're ready to tape the show, and legislation has been introduced in New Jersey. We knew it was coming. It is uh, Assembly Bill 4502, which was posted two weeks ago with no copy, with no wording. It happened to go up a few minutes before we're getting ready to tape the show. And fortunately for us, we already had a guest lined up to be on the show. So we're going to be discussing this and everything else that's going on in the communist state of New Jersey. So, without further ado, Sandy and I would like to welcome back, by popular demand, Scott Bach is on the show, uh, Executive Director of ANJRPC, NRA Board Member, and Second Amendment Advocate for going on about 25 years now. As soon as somebody stops that phone from vibrating, we can start taping. So, without further ado, Scott Bach. Hello, gentlemen. Great to be back. Yes. So, Scott, I'm looking at the wording in this bill, and the first thing you said to me was it's not as bad as New York's, right? No, but it's still bad. Let's, <laughs> let's put it in perspective. New York's is, is like crazy over the top. You can't even carry in your own car. Okay, but this is still over the top, and it's still bad. It's As Evan Knappen has already coined it in the last 15 minutes, this is the Violent Criminal and Terrorist Protection Act. <laughs> <laughs> because it, cre- it creates places where those with carry permits can't carry. Mm. And, uh, you know, so, so now that the state has finally, after decades of denying issuance of permits now the state's been forced to issue permits so now they're turning to trying to limit where the permits are good and it's a it's and a they've crazy published, they've published a, like a road map here for terrorists right and and psychopaths so do, are they going to make a map and hand it out at the little uh, kiosks on the garden state parkway yeah. where you can you know pick up all the other visitor information and to all you terrorists here's all the locations you feel free to go you know right, where guns right. you, you know where guns aren't banned? Everywhere that our elites are allowed, their armed protectors ah, yeah. that we pay for, there they're not go. banned there. Okay, government buildings, metal detectors, steel doors, and guys with, and girls with guns and uniforms, they're not banned there. Yeah. We're banned from carrying there, but their protection is not banned our taxpayer-funded protection. So the first one, Scott, let's talk about. Firearms or other weapons in educational institutions like 
private daycare, public daycare, uh, anywhere with an f- educational facility serving young children, school, college, university, or educational institution. That's the notice, first place. Notice there's no exception for security officers for those places. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> okay. I mean, listen, it, it's, a, it's a terrorist protection zone, but it's also a victim disarmament. It's a victim creation zone. Yes. Because this tells you exactly if you're a terrorist or a violent criminal or a crazy person, this tells you where you can go and you're you're not likely to face resistance. So I mean really, come on. It's crazy. It's horrible. Uh okay. the next one is uh, any part of a building or grounds of a private or publicly owned and operated entertainment facility within this state, including but not limited to a theater, stadium, museum, arena, racetrack, or any other places where performances, concerts, exhibits, games, or contests are held. What do you think about that? Well, I think we're right at the heart of Bruin. I mean, you know, Bruin protects the right to carry in public places, in places where you you could become a victim. So, you know, the quintessential public place is the public arena. Now, the didn't movie Tom- theater, the, 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 you know, the concert, but didn't what? Didn't Thomas specifically write about sensitive places in the Bruin he, decision? He did, okay? He articulated a few places that are, you can't argue are sensitive places, like um, a government building. Okay, uh, you know, a, a legislative body, a legislative building is a place where you, ca- you can't really make the argument. The rest, he basically said, you know, sensitive places can be banned, but you can't use the name sensitive place as a way to do an end run to try to defeat the right to carry. He's made that very, very crystal clear. And so, I mean, listen, when you get into this laundry list that's in the bill, you know, one thing that's particularly egregious is houses of worship, okay? You know, I mean, these are sites where there have been mass shootings over the decades, you know, where somebody busts into a church or a synagogue and starts shooting. Do, and, you, know, and, do, you, do you know how many Gun For Hire alumni here are ecstatic that they'd finally be able to protect their congregants and their flock yeah. at synagogues and... Uh, and uh, and mosques and churches right now. This is all I've been hearing where they're setting up their own, like, you know, uh, security detail with their pastor or their rabbi or their imam. They're not going to be able to do that now. No. Well, if this passes, okay. Correct. I mean, just, just to put things in perspective, okay, this bill has just been introduced. There is no companion bill yet introduced in the state Senate. There will be shortly, and there's no hearing scheduled yet. So, you know, our latest information is that hearing, the earliest a hearing could occur, this is famous last words, right, but is, uh, is sometime in October. Listen, yes. anything could happen, and, and the, you know, the, the rules are very malleable in Trenton, but at this moment, at the time we're recording this on Friday, um, it doesn't appear there's going to be a hearing on this, ne- you know, next week, but, you know, the last week of September, okay, so... You know, we're a long way from passage and enactment into law. Um, we're oh, it'll get long... fast-tracked, though. Well, so far it hasn't been, okay? And and what I mean by that is, if you look at what happened in New York State, they had their, their bill passed, you know, two week, within two weeks of the, the Supreme Court decision in Bruin. 
Uh-huh. Okay, New Jersey could have done that if it wanted to at the maximum point of legislative anger, but they didn't. Okay, I, now personally, I don't know this, but I think they did that to, <coughs> since uh, the, the Bruin case was out of New York. I think they they let New York, you know, uh, take the credit for that, and mm-hmm. they've had a little more time to draft a bill. You know, it's interesting that A4502 is not a carbon copy of the New York bill. It looks like somebody, you know, may have influenced the legislation. It's still bad, all right, but it's not as bad. That does not mean it's good in, by any stretch. But, you know, some of the really outrageous, just over-the-top, beyond-the-pale features of New York are absent here. Now, granted, so so we're at the beginning of a process, and you know, ANJRPC is putting out an informational alert on this, and we'll probably start our calls to action next week when we have a little more detail about when this is Which coming. Which are up. very effective, by the way. Let let our listeners know how effective our call to actions have been in the past. Well, For, we have a lot of new listeners now, Scott, since the uh, carry bill. Um, has come into you know Carrie has come into New Jersey, so a lot of new listeners. Let them know the effectiveness of well, listen, uh, ANJRPC's call to action. We have a huge email database list, and we don't abuse it. And by that, I mean there are some organizations that put out an alert every other day, so that you know when you see an alert from them, you tend to tune it out or minimize it in your brain. We put out an alert when there is a real threat and it's manifesting. Okay, so we we respect gun owner time and energy, and we only issue a call to action when there is true business, imminent, urgent business. And because of that, we have a very high success rate. Usually, we get a heads up of a couple of days when a bill is introduced or that a bill is moving, and we have a couple of days to get the entire community to focus like a laser beam on a set of lawmakers with, you know, we pre-write the messages that you know and we, we analyze the legislation we say what needs to be said we say who to say it to and how to say it nra does the same thing and we usually do it in a coordinated fashion and um you know even though there are more anti-gunners than gunners in the state of new jersey you'd be surprised when a lawmaker starts to get 10 or 20 or 30 or 50,000 emails and phone calls they can't take the heat, you know? Good. So, so, you know, they pick their targets very carefully right now. Now, this is obviously a priority of the governor. I'm sure that's who is the driving force behind this, and that will become more readily apparent. Who knows, you know, like if they're, if they're yeah, true he really to form. Put his, he, he really put his teeth into this one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if they're if they're true to form, maybe they'll have some kind of a roundtable and talk about how great this legislation is and how how many lives it's going to save. It's going to save the lives of terrorists who yep. want to victim victimize and houses of worship. Yeah, and nut jobs, right? And so, by the way, public transportation is another place. Oh, you're jumping where, ahead. You're jumping oh, sorry. Ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Go no, ahead. Yeah. Uh, any part of any buildings or grounds of a healthcare facility including but not limited to a hospital, nursing home, or other similar residential facility or provider of services for the care, support, and treatment of individuals. Any or part of building, a portion of a building owned, leased, or operated by a government entity. So if there's a 400,000 square foot building 
and there happens to be a state dispensary of Narcan or opioids or uh, uh, hypodermic needles and uh, condoms, that entire building is now a gun-free zone because or, or there's one a, government entity in there. How about a DMV location? Correct, correct. But I, like, I always like to go to the extreme because these socialists are killing me. And then and on the DMV is not an issue. There's no visible uh, means of any life of intelligence there. <laughs> There's no life there. <laughs> no. The, yeah. the grounds of any park, recreational facility, or area, or playground owned or controlled by the state, county, or local government unit. Any yeah. youth sports events. Listen, listen, boy. Before you leave parks, Bruin. Yeah. No way that survives under Bruin. That a was par- specifically a park. Yeah. Yep, there's no way that survives. Okay. All right, here's another one that uh, they're splitting hairs, and we could talk about this too. But um, any bar, restaurant, or where alcohol is served, or any other site or facility where alcohol is sold for consumption, this is bullshit. Okay, because you should be able to go into a restaurant, yeah, and have a dinner, and even though they serve alcohol, now a yeah, bar. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, go ahead. Hang on. Go ahead. Okay. What's missing from this? is a specification that you're using alcohol. Right. So if you're in a bar and you're having peanuts and a seltzer, your carry rights are suspended. Okay, now, you know, there are places like Arizona where when they first passed concealed carry, you couldn't carry in a bar. They later revisited that and changed it, and you can carry in a bar as long as you're not drinking. This is, this is not a novel issue. This has been ironed out elsewhere over decades. Yep. If yep. you're not drinking, there should be no issue with your right to carry. You're not impaired. You know, your motor skills are not impaired. Your judgment's not impaired by alcohol. Okay? But merely the pre- it's classic New Jersey legislation. Merely the presence of alcohol in the building is used as a disqualifying factor. It's absurd. Here's another one. Any site or facility where cannabis is sold for consumption on the premises is sold for consumption. On the pre- okay, whatever. So you can't go where they sell weed, whatever. Any place of worship, including but not limited to a church, mosque, or synagogue, used primarily as a place of public or private worship on a permanent basis by a recognized and established religious sect or denomination registered as a not-for-profit. And then, Scott, this is your favorite one. Any public transit vehicle or facility which shall include any rail car, locomotive, uh, motor vehicle, boat, ferry, or other marine vehicles or aircraft that provides passenger service to the general public or any area, place, building, or any structure designed to provide rail service. There you go. So you want to talk more about that, Scott? Go ahead. I'm, I mean, they're just, uh, just killing us here. Everything's well, look, getting, look, Go ahead. Public, public transportation is also one of those quintessential locations that Bruin was designed to protect carry in it's it's pretty clear that if you're on a bus or subway or uh, even in a private car service or an uber um you know carry is protected there okay i don't know what these people have in mind i don't know if they think there's wiggle room on these or this is just a big middle finger to bruin but this is not going to pass muster okay i mean you know, I mean, I can tell you, we have had plans in the works since Bruin passed because we knew, knew something like this was coming. We will be challenging whatever passes, when it passes, and when it's signed by the governor in court, meaning ANJRPC, 
um, already has plans in place to challenge this stuff and an intention to do that in a very demonstrable way. So for, for you, for you new listeners, real quick, Scott, you know, ANJRPC is the state NRA affiliate, and uh, we also have NRA involved because Scott Bach and I are both board members, and we both drove home together from the NRA board meeting last week, and the first thing Scott told me was he was talking to our legal team, and he wants to be able to file a suit against this the day it's signed by the governor. That's the speed we want to work at. And for you new listeners out there, we can't sue until the bill becomes an actual law. Because I posted the new, I posted this legislation on social media, Scott, and already people are like, well, when are we suing? No, you, and well, you, a lot of people don't understand the process. It's not ripe until it becomes law. You can't, Correct. You, like, Correct. it's not law until two houses of the legislature pass it and then the governor signs it and the moment the governor signs it it becomes law and now it's challengeable Correct. that's the first moment when you can challenge if you try to challenge it now you'd be dismissed and laughed out of court because it's not right it's not what's known as ripe it's it's not an issue yet until it becomes a law it, it changes just because it might pass one house or even both houses if the governor doesn't sign it it's not law so it takes three actions for any any proposal to become law and until it does you can't sue to stop it isn't it interesting and a very sad uh statement that we're now seeing the uh product of all these years of progressivism and the removal of civics basic civics from a grammar school that we have a, a, an electorate who doesn't even understand how a bill becomes a law because well, that's by, by design. design. Yes. yes. By, Absolutely. But just looking at this from 30,000 feet, New Jersey didn't, doesn't have a new carry law. New Jersey's carry law has been in place for decades. There was just an active conspiracy uh, to block issuance of permits. Now that they can no longer block the issuance of permits, they now want to change what the law says, which makes any changes yeah. they make to a, a long-settled carry law are going to be highly suspect and, and ripe for legal challenge. Because if our law was so good before, you know, if, if our law was so bad before, why didn't anybody change it until you could get a carry permit? The, yeah. point, the point is you can't, Bruin's very clear, you can't use carry restrictions to do an end run around Bruin. You, you, that's a big no-no. It's not going to survive scrutiny. Now, listen, the lower courts are going to, you know, we may face pockets of resistance, of judicial activism, you know, judges who try to do anything, you know, they can, any colorable, you know, technique or thing to try to block us, stall us, delay us, mess us up, we're going back to the U.S. Supreme Court if we have to on this. If the Bruin decision can be undermined by lower courts, then it's meaningless. So, you know, we have to be the enforcers of it, and we have to be very aggressive in doing that. So, you know, what's, what's about to happen is, you know, when this legislation, there will be a hearing on it in the Assembly. It will be introduced in the Senate. There will then be a hearing on it in Senate committee. After hearings, it will then go to the full legislative bodies for a full vote. And after those bodies pass it, assuming they do pass it or some version of it gets passed, it then goes to the governor's desk. So there is 
at, at worst case, a couple of weeks, and best case, a month and a half before that happens. So, you know, ANJRPC and NRA and Anthony, we're going to be tasking gun owners to contact lawmakers. Starting next week, we're going to be issuing alerts with action requests. And we're not going to go small on those. Our tip for those new listeners, typically, you know, we have three days' notice on a bill and we contact just the committee members. We're probably going to want to raise the profile of this significantly, um, use the fact that they're protecting terrorists and murderers and criminals and creating victim zones to shape the debate on this and so you know when you if you're not subscribed to ANJRPC email alerts they're free uh, please go to ANJRPC's website it's ANJRPC.org and somewhere on the home page there's a link where you can sign up for our free email alerts sign up for NRA email alerts as well or go on the NRA ILA website under New Jersey and, and look for sign up for their alerts or look for their latest alert you don't want to be sitting on the sidelines for this one. Okay, we've it's taken us decades to get through Bruin. We fortunately breezed and through no accident, we breezed past New Jersey trying to fight over the issuance of permits. They gave up on that right away. They're yep. issuing permits and now they're trying to change what it means to have a permit, which is highly suspect when you've had carry law for decades and decades and decades. Now that anyone can get one, we're going to change it. That is the hallmark of using restrictions to do an end run around Berlin. But now what's our recourse, Scott? So they sign it. We file a lawsuit. The first court we go to is New Jersey uh, Supreme Court, and they're going to knock it down, right? Well, they're no. Not gonna the, agree with we're going we're gonna to do it in federal court, which is the U.S. District Court. Okay. A lot of it depends on the judge we get, what they do. We will be seeking an injunction, temporary restraining order, trying to – it's called – to stop enforcement of the law, it's called mm -hmm. enjoining the law. And uh, you know, while we fight, and depending on what the court does, that'll that'll shape the fight. But you know, listen, it's not a surprise that New Jersey is gonna be biting and scratching and kicking and screaming and doing everything in their power to interfere with the right to carry. That hasn't gone away. Just you know, a little thing like losing a giant battle doesn't dissuade them from you know like they live in their own reality and in their world the rule of law doesn't matter and doesn't apply to them they do what they want and the burdens on everybody else well ANJRPC and NRA are ready willing and able to fight to fight hard to fight aggressively and win okay we're done with this okay New Jersey is lawless and mm -hmm. these folks need to need to be taught a lesson my only regret not, it's not a regret. It's uh, the thing I'm unhappy about is that New Jersey law insulates lawmakers from being personally liable for brazen unconstitutional acts. Okay, Does even it, if you get even if you get a judgment against the state, the state pays it, so the lawmaker doesn't have to dig into their own pockets. But, that okay, emboldens but, them. But that's a to, lawmaker. What about a prosecutor? Well, we'll we'll get there. Prosecutors and judges have immunity if they are within the scope of what their mission is but as we'll be talking about soon if they're outside the scope of their core mission they may not have protection and they may be subject to personal 
liability and, and we are and what about a court uh what about a court clerk or what about a an administrative person in a police department that refuses to take your carry permit application saying they're waiting for three months now from direction from the state police and the ag's office when we know that we have it already see here's what i want and, and i know scott i know you guys have a laser focus and a plan but <clears throat> i I would love to see a couple of high-profile criminal suits taken upon a judge, a prosecutor, and somebody at the administrative area of a police department. We need we need some kind of sacrificial lamb to, to so that when other people submit their paperwork to the over 500 uh, towns in 21 counties, they can attach a copy of the article saying that this person is being charged criminally or being sued for not following the law. Like that's that's where I am right now. I am so tired of this. We get a win, and now they because they don't want us serfs to have a gun, even though the Supreme Court ruled we can. They're still going to do everything in their power. Right now, we have 21 counties. 21 different methods of applying 560 towns 560 ways of applying it's just it's it's a pain in the ass and most of it is designed to wear people down you agree well, I, can't I do agree i can't argue with you and i will tell you and we'll get into this you know and as we discuss other issues today you know anjrpc is looking very seriously at making an example of of those who are outside their lane and are not protected by immunity. There is a very small class of those and I, I don't wanna I don't wanna give it away, you know, until we're we're there. We're not we're not you know, but th there could be a day of reckoning coming that's gonna scare the crap out of other bureaucrats. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, we need it sooner than later. And listen, I know you're all on top of it. I just look at it from a different angle, you know, like I just want to get it done and you guys want to get it done right. I understand that because, you know, you saw the attachment I sent you for the show prep. We get a ton of great emails. People got their carry permit like in Passaic County or whatever. Uh, Bergen County, the judge is making stuff up and like Essex County and Sussex haven't processed a carry permit yet. And... uh it's just it's just amazing. They're still figuring out how they're going to process them in Essex well, County. Well, listen, I can tell you, and I'm not making excuses for anybody, it's thoroughly unacceptable, but there is confusion among the bureaucrats in the state that, that we are trying to address. ANJRPC and its counsel, Dan Schmutter, have been dialoguing with, I'm just going to say, authorities, okay, statewide, trying to get uniformity, trying to get judges to do the same thing, trying to get prosecutors to do the same thing, and there is progress that hasn't manifested yet, but, but there are some jurisdictions that have just said, you know, there's too much in the air, everybody's doing different things, I'm going to wait for central guidance, okay, and central guidance is, is I'm going to tell you it's almost on its way, and we've given our input to that and we're helping to shape what is going to come out of those forces that do the central guidance now am i telling you that all problems are going to be solved no i'm not telling you that but i'm but i am telling you in a vague way and i can't get more specific because that could compromise our specific efforts we don't want to shine the light on the specific efforts because we don't want those who are not shy with us now to become shy if in the mm -hmm. spotlight okay but uh, you know I can tell you that the gun owners 
posture and position has been articulated very forcefully, very firmly. Those who are not protected by immunity have been identified to these authorities and they understand very well that there are some people that might, you know, sometimes the threat of an attack is worse than an attack itself. And, you know, the threat of going after a rogue prosecutor or a rogue judge sometimes brings people into line, okay? And our philosophy, my philosophy, is you try to be reasonable at first for a time. You, you come with common sense and you come armed with common sense and the law on your side. You speak rationally and calmly. You tell people what, you know, what the gig is, what, what the, you know, the, the, the problems with their position are. You give them an opportunity to do the right thing. Then, if they don't do the right thing, you clobber them mercilessly. Mm. And, um, you know, I always like, there's an escalation of force that happens in the legal world and in, in what I do with ANJRPC. We don't want to bludgeon people if we don't have to. And when we do pick up the bludgeon, we will be justified in it and we will not hold back. Because it's not about bludgeoning. It's not about feeling good. It's about getting the result. And we have found that by being rational and calm with non-legislators now, okay? You know, legislators are a whole different breed that requires different different use of force escalation in order to, mm -hmm. you know, like they, they have to be banged over the head and embarrassed in order to, you know, recognize the error of their ways. Sometimes judges and prosecutors, if you speak calmly to them and you speak softly and have a big stick they will recognize that and act and so we're we've been you know people haven't heard from us over the summer and that's unfortunate but intentional because if we put a spotlight on what we're doing it could affect the outcome of what we're doing so we do it quietly we we are 100 percent focused on the outcome and we're less focused on communicating what we're doing and thumping our chest and and showing all oh, we're doing this and we're doing that we you know that's not what we're about we're about getting the result we can have our victory lap later if we get the victory and if we don't we, you know we're ready to fight the hard fight very aggressively so you know we've been through council and others you know we've been dialoguing constantly since bruin and the dialogue began before bruin and, and just to to retrace for for new folks that haven't heard the prior interviews we've done, we were shaping up to have a situation where New Jersey just refused to issue permits and, and said, no, if you don't like it, Bruin applies to New York, you know, you can sue us for five years and make it apply in New Jersey if you want, but we're not going to issue permits. The only reason that didn't happen is because several months before Bruin was passed, we had council start to soften up the AG and soften up the territory and let them know what's coming. Okay, and they had a chance to digest it and over, you know, get over the visceral, mm -hmm. you know, violent, explosive reaction and go, okay, now what are we going to do? And so they, they made a choice. Instead of fighting issuance of permits, they're now going to fight over what it means to have a permit. And we're ready for that battle. But the point is that, um, you know, these efforts have already borne fruit before Bruin was even decided. And, you know, the fact that the fight is now going to be over where you can carry and not whether you can get a permit is directly attributable to, to our collective efforts. 
So, you know, we, we've, those efforts have not ceased. They haven't stopped. We talk to folks when we either have something positive to report or there's a call to action. We are not about thumping our chest just to get credit for something that's in process. If we're successful at it, we'll let you know after it's done. We're not going to jeopardize the outcome in order to, you know, make a headline. You know, uh, I appreciate that because, you know, I'm the guy who wants to just come out bludgeoning and then later on I'll, I'll regret it. But, you know, you feel everybody's frustration because so many years we worked to this point. We get the Bruin decision. The AG and the, and the superintendent of state police come out and do a press conference that, you know, we're going to we're going to remove justifiable need. And then so many people are hitting so many roadblocks and the communication chain with our government is worse than it's ever been. So the frustration levels are really, really high with everybody. And I've been trying to, you know, let people know that there's a lot going on and a lot being worked on. And it, it's helped out for the most uh, part. And we've learned a lot as we've as we've gone along with this, too. But uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a couple of high profile people uh, having their feet held to the fire if they won't comply, because I just find it. It's, it's just such bullshit that you can just violate people's rights over and over and over again and just hide behind your, you know, your government protection job. And they feel like they're the elites and they don't want us to, to be able to protect ourselves. I get it. They want us to to be defenseless and they want us, you know, I'm a cop or I work for a cop or I'm a judge or I'm a this or I'm that you know we just uh, I just saw an article Scott which is no different in California the uh the sheriff Scott Scott Wentworth sent me this the sheriff of LA County uh Villanova his high donors receive permits to carry guns in public you know mm. so we know that's how it works right if I made a $25,000 donation I would have a carry permit but somebody who's trying to protect themselves or their family you know, go to work every day in a high crime neighborhood because we have a catch and release revolving door criminal justice system. That person can't get a carry permit trying to stay alive and not be raped and and uh, and mutilated or killed on the street. It's just it's the duplicity and the, the three tiers. It's just overwhelming to me sometimes where where we've gone. We're such a lawless country right now. You know, even like are our, our people in Congress, when they get caught stealing or insider trading or whatever, there's no shame in their game. They just continue to go and they just continue to do what they're going to do. You know, it's, it, it's amazing. It's, a, it's just, I'm amazed. Well, Sandy, are we ready to take a break before we get yeah, into the next we, subject? Uh, let's just do the housekeeping, get it over with, and, and we're good. Killing me. <laughs> you ready? Yeah, we can do that and uh, this way. Hopefully... Scott's laptop will be quiet while we're... It's quiet now. It is quiet All right, now. so let's do some <laughs> housekeeping now. Don't forget our supporters. Please support those who support you. Quarantine Crawl, quarantinecrawl.com. Over 350 pro two-way businesses, products, services, doctors, et cetera, et cetera. And we, our, our other sponsors, Marty's V-Burger, martysvburger.com. Please check them out. Mention Gun for Hire, Gun for Hire Radio. Get a 20% discount. Uh, don't forget, if you live in New York, NYTAC Defense, N-Y-T-A-C-D-E-F-E-N-S-E, mention Gun for Hire in the promotional code and get a 10% discount. 
U.S. Law Shield. Go on uslawshield.com and sign up. If you put gun for hire one word, you get a 10% discount. We also have a seminar coming up in October. We have 150 seats. As of this morning, 111 seats were sold. So uh, if you want to get in, you got to register. It's free for U.S. Law Shield members. It's a whopping $10 for a non-member. Uh, my doctor is Optimal Health Wellness NJ, Dr. Joe Sabatero, Concierge Medicine, couple of hundred dollars a month, no more waiting in line, no more waiting three months for appointments. You can text or call your doctor directly, and he will take care of you. Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club in Carteret, New Jersey, is looking for junior rifle members between 12 and 18 years old to learn safety and to compete in small bore and air rifle competition. For more info, lakeis.org. Don't forget Sharon at Zen Float Center, zenfloatcenter.com in Scotch Plains. Sandy's guys out there, Crossroads Kitchen with a K and Just Sean's, J-U-S-T-S-H-O-N-S. Go get something to eat down in the South Carolina, North Carolina border. Equine Therapy, Guiding Reins, guidingreins.org. These guys and girls handle it all. PTSD, are veterans and everything. Looking for donations. Support those who support you. None other than all of our people, Teresa Einacker and uh, Senator Durr, Mark Cheeseman, Senator Testa, Jay Factor, Kelly Pigeon will all be at the D.C. Project fundraiser in South Jersey. Go to dcproject.info. U.S. Law Shield we talked about. That's going to be October 14th, by the way, a Friday. Uh, also... Gun for Hire will be celebrating their 30th anniversary in the business and having a massive 30-day giveaway starting October 1st. If you purchase anything in the gun store starting October 1st, every transaction will earn one ticket. Every day we will have a drawing for shirts, safes, gun bags, memberships, and two surprise drawings at the end. And the end drawing will be a monster gift. So check it out when you get a chance. Support those who support you. Don't forget ANJRPC.org. ANJRPC.org is the state affiliate. That's where we have Scott. We have our own range up in Vernon, New Jersey, Highland Lakes. But you want to get involved. It's a whopping $40 a year to be an associate member. You get the newsletter, you get email updates, you cheap bastards, open your wallet and support the state affiliate. Also, uh, the Hunterton Hills Friends of the NRA Banquet is coming up. My buddy Irving Louisa stopped in. I made a donation. I'm underwriting. I bought raffle tickets. Him and the committee wanted to thank me. I, unfortunately, will be in Florida. It's October 14th at the Hunterton Hills Playhouse. And uh, you can just go to uh, FNRA.org, friendsofthenra.org, to get information. Buy some tickets, buy some raffles, and support them. So, Scott, we're back now. I want you to just, again, continue to reiterate. You Obviously, Strike Force is on top of everything. Even if we're not, doesn't seem like we're on top of everything, everything is being addressed that's being emailed to Strike Force that's legitimate, correct? Yes, and... Actually, I just want to pick up on what you said before the break, uh, before we get into that, uh, the next topic, which is you're not the only one who's frustrated. I'm frustrated. AMJRPC is frustrated. We're all frustrated, but we're dealing with, I mean, you, you've got to look at this whole situation from not just 30,000 feet, but from 100,000 you know, feet up, and that is we're living in... 
for lack of a better way to say it, you know, the end times, things are backwards. Okay, government is not of, for, and by the people anymore. It's become the enemy of the people. And it's trying to, you know, there are forces trying to obliterate our rights. And New Jersey is one of the tips of the spear. We have to recognize that. What, what we deal with in New Jersey is not normal. Okay, it's backwards. It's against history. It's against tradition. It's against the American way. It's against the United States Constitution. But it is what it is. And we either have to get out or deal with what's here with you know, with all our might and all our strength and all our wits about us. So, you know, we're not blithely sitting back going, oh, oh, this is normal. We just have to work through our process. This is very abnormal. And we're dealing with a much larger movement against everything good. And the Second Amendment is one of the things standing in the way of that movement, which is why they have so violently targeted Second Amendment rights. Okay. We're on the, you know, the front lines, tip of the spear, edge of the sword, and it's so important. You know, everybody who's listening to this, it's, you're not listening to this just because you like the shooting sports or just because you like guns. You're part of a movement to defend freedom that is going to keep us safe and keep America safe. And this is, the stakes are gargantuan, and we're part of that, and every effort that everybody makes whether you know whether you agree with it or don't like it or you know we're not you know we're too methodical whatever everybody's brings to the table like anthony you you say it like it is okay at anjrpc sometimes we have to you know be diplomatic when we don't want to be you enjoy a different luxury i wish i had the freedom you have created for yourself through your business and this show but um the bottom line is we're part of a movement. We have to take it in stride. It's, listen, we're still facing an uphill fight. I mean, we've won in the courts, and it's still an uphill battle. That is not normal. So anyway, all to say, um, first, so let me say, although ANJRPC is very busy that and we haven't talked about it, that doesn't mean we know it all. It doesn't mean we know everything that's going on out there. So if there's something going on that you think we need to know about you need to contact us at our strike force we have a strike force program we've had it for over a decade but it's uh, the email address is strikeforce at anjrpc.org strikeforce at anjrpc.org that goes directly to our lawyers and to me and if there's a something happening a judge a prosecutor a town doing the wrong thing we need to know. We need your feedback because your feedback shapes what our actions are. I mean, right now we're engaged in several fronts. We're engaged uh, against judges that are kind of making up the, the law when issuing permits and, and putting unauthorized restrictions on carry permits. They do not have the authority to do this. The only one with the legal authority to restrict carry permits is the legislature and then they are subject to the Bruin decision judges can't make it up anymore okay and um, we're aware of judges doing this in as many as three counties I'm not going to name the counties because I, I want to keep our our actions relatively under the radar but um, 
if you are encountering a judge, if you have a carry permit that has restrictions imposed by the judge or by a prosecutor, or if you have a prosecutor that's trying to get you to agree to terms before it goes to a judge, we need to know about it. So, so please err on the side of telling us more than we want to hear because uh, it's through the process of taking this all in and sifting and sorting. We're identifying the problem areas. We're identifying litigation targets. Now, so imagine this, Anthony, if I can just talk about what's going on with judges right now. Please. Everybody it, wants to know. Please. There's, there's a, so far we're aware of judges in a handful of counties. Again, I'm specifically yep. not identifying them. Yep. Um, but there will come a time where if they don't straighten up and fly right, um, everyone will know who they are. Okay. You have to understand the history of judges' involvement. There is no statutory authorization for judges to be part of the permitting process. Permitting is a province of the legislature and, and, and the administrative branch of government through local law enforcement. Decades ago, judges were tasked to do this, and they basically said, we're not, we're not required to do this, but we'll do it anyway. So now in the light of Bruin, there's an argument to be made that the only time a judge even needs to get involved is if there's a denial. You know, you don't need a judge's approval anymore. You just have to meet the objective criteria. There's no more justifiable need. Nobody is weighing your personality in the balance. Okay, so what that means is that a judge who puts restrictions on a carry permit is acting outside the scope of their judicial authority. So a judge acting Good. within their judicial authority, they have immunity. They even if they make a horrible decision as a judge, and you know the state is liable for that decision, you can't sue the judge personally because <sighs> they have immunity. But if a judge is acting outside his or her authority, as in imposing conditions on a a carry permit that's not a judicial function they are arguably outside the scope of immunity and subject to personal liability for that that's and I what can i want to hear i can tell you that if we don't get voluntary compliance we are going to sue these judges yes personally and make an example out of them and drag their their figurative carcass in front of all the other <laughs> judges and scare the crap out of all of them now, good, good, again, good, uh, good, good. Okay, now I know it's not as satisfying for you, Anthony, because you want that now. You want the bludgeon out now. But I say we try to do it um, calmly first, and then if we have to bring out the bludgeon, we hold nothing back. There is no reason, you know, if there's an escalation of force, like in real life, if you have to use force, you don't just use lethal force, you know, if, if somebody makes a, a verbal threat there's an escalation so when we escalate it's going to be because we've exhausted everything else and it's no holds barred at that point mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. now we've had some prosecutors again in unnamed counties trying to um manipulate applicants into agreeing to conditions okay they they know there's a bad judge in the county they go to the applicant and say you know if you'll agree to limit your permit you know where you can carry if you'll agree voluntarily it'll be better than what happens if it goes to the judge so you know you should agree to this 
and you have a deadline and they make it seem like it's official but you don't have to do that you can do it if you want to and it's binding but if you don't want to do it you don't have to and you have a right to appeal what a judge does okay now we became aware of one particular prosecutor's office that was doing this and Dan Schmutter will someday in retrospect he'll tell you who it is and what you know what was said but they were on a conference call with that prosecutor's office for hours um and the prosecutor's office was like no we don't agree we're doing what we think to do anyway two business days later they called them back and said well you know we're no longer imposing conditions because mm -hmm. because one of the things that was said to them is they're acting outside the scope of their authority as prosecutors prosecutors are not statutorily part of the permit issuance process they're outside their lane and potentially subject to personal liability so in that case the threat of personal liability wielded very subtly not not you know not with overwhelming force but the the mere calm mention of it had an impact so you know we we are trying to address as many of these issues as we can as we learn of them we are also trying to go upstream to the the authorities that these figures follow there are organizations of judges and organizations of prosecutors and they make recommendations for conduct and if we can get those organizations to issue appropriate recommendations it takes care of the whole thing from the top down yep. yes yes we're willing to fight it out on a case-by-case -case basis but the more you can arm us with by contacting again strike force at anjrpc.org the the more ammo you're giving us to take it into our you know the the quiet discussions we're having which will precede inevitable action one way or the other we're either going to announce success after it's done or we're going to battle so that's this is the reason know, why people have to be a little more patient and not like me uh, and I, but I but I feel all their frustrations. Obviously, we all do. I do too. You know? We all do. I mean, listen, we've been working at this for like twenty five years, <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> okay. It's That's when I ruined your life, years right? To you, did it, actually? It's it's true. Anthony was my first instruction that I had. And that was like thirty something years ago. And <laughs> I he, ruined his he, life. He, he, he told me I needed, Anthony took me to the range, he taught me fundamentals of marksmanship, and told me you need to join ANJRPC and NRA. <laughs> okay, yep. and, and, and I did, and it ruined my life, and it's your fault, Anthony. It took over <laughs> my, my legal career, I trashed my legal career, and whatever, it is what it is. Good. Ditto. Ditto. You, I wouldn't, you I wouldn't have it any other way. I ruined <laughs> Sandy's life too, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. My I'm on a You're roll. just a life ruler. Scott, I've got a, just a quick question before we move on. Yeah. You talk about personal liability when they're acting outside of their scope of practice. Would that, um, just a, a scenario, um, suppose a judge imposes a, uh, a restriction on um, a carry permit that they can't carry in such and such a place or, or whatever the restriction is, and there's some sort of a injury, be it a, a, a physical injury or some sort of thing inflicted upon that carry holder or some sort of a an injury or loss on that uh, carry permit holder in that particular situation, could that judge or could that uh, official be held liable for that for 
uh, monetary damages the same the same way if they were driving a car and hit someone else? Well, I, I'm not going to answer that authoritatively. I, I'm going to say maybe, okay. But what I am going to say is the liability they have for denying the civil right by restricting your carry permit in violation of Bruin, okay. The liability is under federal civil rights statute, which okay. imposes pu- you know punitary you know punitive damages. So it's it's basically a violation of constitutional rights claim. Now, whether, mm. for example, if if the judge says you can't carry in your car and you're carjacked, okay, whether you can sue the judge for that, I, I don't know the answer to that. I guess we're gonna you know maybe we'll find out. Um, but I can tell you the lowest hanging fruit is violation of civil rights claims. Okay, great. Then I think that carries even more uh, bite these days than does a, a simple tort for personal injury, right? Uh, well, they, listen, they both have they both have bite if you could make them succeed. And and by yeah. the way, neither one's a slam dunk. Right, right. You know, sure. So, but but um, you know, it's. The civil rights claim is the lowest hanging fruit. You don't have to prove anything other than that they were in violation of Bruin. And so, for example, a judge's order, if a judge in New Jersey puts a condition on a carry permit that you can't go into a courthouse armed, the judge is not liable for that because in Bruin they recognize courthouses as sensitive places. So that's consistent with Bruin. But if a judge says you can't carry in your car, or you can't carry in a public park, or you can't carry in a theater. Or on a bus or something like that. Or in a bus or a quintessential public place where where crime happens or could happen. Um, You know, they're outside their lane. And and because judges are not statutorily part of the permitting process, if they were, they would arguably have some kind of immunity, but they're, they're not. There's no statute that says a judge shall opine on every carry permit issuance and have the opportunity to impose conditions. That's not what the statute yeah. says. Yeah, yeah, yep. And it also doesn't say that prosecutor will be given an opportunity to weigh in on every carry right. permit application. Exactly. Okay. So it's just well, practices if, that have evolved. Correct. If you look at it, if you look at the way it was written over the years, and we've talked about this on Firearm Syndicate and Jay Factor and Dan and everybody else, that basically it goes to the police department, it gets approved, and you get it. The the prosecutor and judge shouldn't be interjected unless yeah. there's going to be a denial, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. But yeah. yet they're getting in there, and they're, they're messing with the entire recipe as any way yeah. they want. Yeah, now let's just say... Let's say you're a convicted felon, right, applying for a carry permit. And you, but you, a convicted felon de facto can't own firearms and certainly wouldn't qualify to carry them. <laughs> so if you're a convicted felon applying, that's a place where maybe the prosecutor, it's appropriate for them to get involved and it's appropriate for a judge to, you know, get in the middle and deny it. And then, even then, you have the right to appeal that yep. further. So, you know, but, but short of something like that, it's none of their damn business anymore in the post-Bruin world. The prosecutor has no role unless there's a reason, a, a an objective basis to not deny a permit. Not, we don't, don't like how you control, look. Scott. They love to control us, the law-abiding, Listen, tax-paying citizens. 
I heard a story about a judge who wants every applicant to come stand before him, and he's, I don't, I didn't hear this, but it's been like third party reported to me, third hand. The judge said, I want to look at them. I want to, I want to have a look at them. You're not allowed to do that in the right. post-Bruin world. Right. Okay? I don't like the way he looked. Yeah, I want to make okay? sure you're the right height, the right color, the right size, the right shape. Yeah. I mean, may, maybe maybe you had something in your eye and you're blinking funny and the judge yeah. thinks you're shifty-eyed. That's gone. <laughs> that is gone. So, you know, listen, yeah. what I think is coming, I think statewide, a set of uniform rules for judges and prosecutors or recommendations, I think, I think maybe in the offing, and I think a lot of the individual permutations that we're seeing will eventually, hopefully, evaporate. Now, if there's no state guidance, you know, the legislature is about to act and create sensitive places, and we're going to challenge that. But the legislature is the proper authority to to try to decide what sensitive places are so once they act probably judges and prosecutors will stand down it's right now in this gap period before the legislature acts on that where they're they, you know they they're appointing themselves to try to fill these gaps at their own peril so i think the the a lot of the individual permutations we may have to sue on some of them um you know but you know we can't bring thousands of lawsuits we you know we have we have to bring you know we have to target you know where we can so we're also in trying to resolve as much as we can um in a consensual way we're also saving our powder for bigger fights like the mag ban case and the assault weapons case which are and more that's coming down the pike let's can we hit can we hit the mag uh case yes. and the assault weapons case because we got about three or four minutes left on the show okay. just give us a little okay. update yeah, so be, people be, know that they're be. not dead either everybody's okay. focusing on carry but let people know that those cases are not dead they're not dead okay done no um <laughs> that was easy listen, yeah, listen. um <laughs> the u.s supreme court when it decided bruin re, it gvr'd our mag ban challenge and jrpc has a mag ban challenge to new jersey's magazine limitation law it sent it back down to the middle level appeals court the third circuit which has since sent it down to the lowest federal court which originally heard our case and denied it okay and that was a bush appointee w bush appointed judge you know found against us originally yeah no not surprised we're, but go ahead. we're now okay so what's going on is we're now in for a long slog in the magban case where where the state is essentially saying, well, it's text history and tradition. We want to introduce experts about what the tradition was about limiting capacity Unreal. of firearms. And so, you know, we have, we're going to have a battle of the experts. We, you know, we're looking at ways to try to shortcut this, but, you know, we're looking at a long, right now, if things go the way we think they're going to go, we're looking at a long slog. So it's going to be, you know, they, they said... At a recent conference, the state said they wanted nine months to do that. And the even, even a judge who was not friendly to us looked askance at that. But um, it's not going to be, Bruin is not going to automatically result in the falling of the dominoes of the magazine ban. We're going to have to kick and bite and scratch on that one. Notwithstanding that, we're going to probably find ourselves back before the Third Circuit. And depending on how that goes, we might be back before the Supreme Court. 
And I think the U.S. Supreme Court is more likely to take, if it doesn't go our way at both levels, they're more likely to take it because they remanded the case. They said it was decided wrongly, go re-decide it in light of these new rules. So if they're forced you know, down the road to, to take it up again, they're going to come down hard. And what about the, the assault weapons case? Because we got about okay. a minute left, Scott. Yeah, Cash the case us. the case is pending. We're in for a long slog on that one too. Okay, that's the short version. Don't expect any immediate results. It's the state is going to fight every every which way. So um, just prepare for a lengthy battle on both. Thank you for that's, the updates. So. Uh, that's, I just want to make everybody aware of what's going on. You know, then don't forget, we have also cnjfo.com is doing the fundraiser for the uh, lawsuit, and they're also sponsoring the D.C. Project. So we have the J-Factor thing and the D.C. Project thing. Of course, anjrpc.org needs your help as well. Uh, please, there was just in the news that a teenager got a gun and killed another friend in South Jersey, and, you know, the press loves this stuff. And a three-year-old girl in South Carolina got a gun and killed her mother. And, uh, you know, buy the gun safes. We have lock boxes here at the store, gun safes, lock boxes, et cetera. You, you, you got to lock that stuff up, especially when you have your carry and you're going to go to a sensitive place and you can't take it into your kid's school. It should not just go in the console. Use your head. The antis are going to put that on the front page nonstop. Please, please, please listen to me. We're also offering a use of force class. Uh, it's a taught, uh, We have a real class that's being taught by PTC certified instructors that are all retired police officers. And it's an actual class with a short test at the end, which is a lot better for you in court protection than a slide uh, program like the state police has to get your FID card. Uh, this is a real environment, real learning. You question and answer section and everything. So if you want to add it uh, to your quiver with your carry permit, we have that. If you want to become an NRA instructor, October 1st, we have uh, the uh, BIT and October 8th pistol instructor. We also have a stop the bleed class, hemorrhage control. We sell the uh, tourniquets in the store as well. Those classes are all listed under Gun for Hire Academy. Uh, really, really, uh, you know, it's a big commitment carrying a gun. We fought long and hard for it, and the antis will do everything in their power to have excuses to take it away from us. So please, uh, knowledge is power. Uh, Scott, you want to wrap up the last sentence before uh, Sandy uh, steps all over us? <laughs> <laughs> well, just do you offer a uh, holster draw class, Anthony? Yes, we have a holster draw class here as well. Uh, great class, uh, a lot of hands-on in the range with our instructors, and we go over the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything. So, yes, it's it's, it's not mandatory to get a carry permit, but I, I, I would just say to people because carry has been suppressed for so long in Jersey just because you qualify for a carry permit doesn't know doesn't necessarily mean you're well versed in how to safely draw from a holster that is an extremely yeah. worthwhile practice everybody needs to learn how to actually carry and how to deploy safely from carry and that yeah. that, that is that is something that is uh, critically important I very think. well put very well put our holster draw classes uh, sell out as we list them, and we have like four more open right now uh, on on the website. 
Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening in so that you understand. I know your frustration levels are high, but you see there is a lot going on uh, in front and behind the scenes. So keep the fight up. Keep donating to the 2A groups. Unity and activism is key. No infighting, no backstabbing, no backbiting. It's us against them. Once you realize they hate us, it all makes sense. That's very true. Well, I just want to second uh, exactly what Scott had just said. If you are carrying, and it's, it, you, whether it's your first time or whether you have for a while, I really think you, a good refresher course and uh, a holster draw and definitely use of force. And Masada Ayub's book, uh, In the Greatest Extreme, would in be the gravest also. Extreme. In the gra- Gravest Extreme, sorry, thank you. Uh, would be a real good addition to your library and read it from cover to cover. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour. Thank you, Scott, for helping us waste the time. Uh, Anytime. God for Heart Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer, author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, available at the bookstore, now called the Gun Store, at the Gun for Hire range. You might even be able to get it signed. Uh, if you're in, he's in a good mood and you're so inclined. <laughs> we love you guys from the Carolina foothills in the shadows of the New York City skyline and somewhere out in a bunker in an underground safe place. Uh, we love you guys. God willing, Jesus Diaries and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week. Come on.